Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNVR when you sign up for a new account to get amazing odds boosts every single day. AJ, you've been keeping up with tennis this year? Not as much. I haven't had a chance. Wimbledon has begun. Yeah. Uh, you can go over there. You can bet on it right now. My pick of the week is for Rafa to upset Novak. On grass? On grass. Okay. Mostly just because I hate Novak. Yeah, I, I hear that. <laughs> Rafa's plus 600 to win Wimbledon. So. It's really good money to bet on Rafa. Not a bad bet, at the very least, if nothing else. You can also go in there and uh, and bet on all sorts of other stuff. Uh, <laughs> Megan's camera struggling today, it would seem. <laughs> I like the I like the last time it cut out. It came in like a, with a real nice zoom, cropped out, like very artsy. <laughs> it's like the, it was like the half face album cover. Uh, okay, head on over to DraftKings Sportsbook. Use that DNVR code to sign up for a new account. Use our pick of the week. Jump on it while you can uh, with Wimbledon or, or anything else you want to bet on. There is uh, the Australian Ice Hockey League. You can bet on that if you're really jonesing for hockey content. You can get on all sorts of stuff. So do all of that. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. Other terms, restrictions, and conditions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Before we get into uh, the, the proper off-season topic of the day, the parade was yesterday. Uh, we all we all watched it in one way or another, whether it was being sick at home on the couch or, or actually going there. So it was supposed to be a little different plan for us. And then yeah. three and of us got... get sick and <laughs> that changed the whole uh, changed the math on it. <clears throat> Things definitely went a little bit sideways, but. Highlights for all of y'all, besides, you know, that police officer thinking Bowen Byram was just a random fan. <laughs> Which is like a parade requisite at this point. <laughs> at least one player gets fucked up, starts running around, and a police officer is like, sir. Well, so you get funny. back behind the barrier, and he's like, I'm a player. And the guy's like, oh, <laughs> sorry. So it was, it was funny. <laughs> Because the parades really have, like, they've kind of changed from what they were back in 2001. We're like, now the whole point of it is kind of like, yeah, these players are tanked. And, like, you just kind of get to see them because, you know, run around, whatever. So last night, Hannah, like, you know, we're talking about it. And I was showing her some of the videos she had to work yesterday. She was like, wait a minute. These guys are drunk? I was like, yeah. She's like, and they still let them do speeches? I was like. Uh, the drunk is like kind of part of it for the speeches. I was like, that's kind of the thing. And uh, so, yeah, like you said, it's kind of become them being that drunk has kind of become the, the bit. Uh, I thought it was awesome though, man. Like it was cool. It was cool to see the players. You don't, people don't, I think fully appreciate the amount of work and sacrifice and all that stuff that goes into it. So like, it's cool to see them like fully cut loose in celebration. Uh, I thought Landy's speech was hilarious. Uh, I did not. I, I had Eric Johnson pegged as the one that was going to get up there and start doing crazy shit. Yeah. Me <laughs> it too. was not Landy. <laughs> it was Landy was not the guy that I thought was going to get up there and just start dropping F bombs. Multiple. Yeah. Multiple. Yeah. Uh, it was like he did it once and was like, well, I'm in the room now. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. What are they going to do? It, Stop me. Uh, <laughs> I thought Bednar's speech, like you could tell he was pretty hammered too. But like I, I, I loved his. And then uh, Mika the cracked me up. The fact that Jared Bednar very clearly becomes an I love you drunk when he drinks yeah. was very funny. To I, me. I did not have him pegged for that big of a crier. I'm not yeah. gonna <laughs> And it wasn't like it wasn't like he worked his way into it and something hit him. It was like he started there. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you're just like, Oh, this is this brings emotions. This is hard to watch. And then but uh, also great to watch. Right, right. Right, hard, hard because it's great. Yeah, Miko's uh, dance coming oh, God, out of the it so tunnel. Bad. It was 
It was so bad. Bro, he it can't was awesome, off. man. He can't do the robot. The moose one. Okay, I, fair enough. I thought that was the point, is that like he can't do those things, and he was like, I'm going to do them. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, like, you could just, it was so funny, because, yeah, it sounds, I, I didn't actually realize until in the evening when Allie sent the text to, or the Slack, I guess, to all of us. She's like, yeah, with everyone getting sick and everyone else kind of here, we'll just kind of push the show. I didn't realize everyone else had gotten sick. So I, I had to watch on TV. I was planning on going down. But what I actually appreciate about watching on TV is they kept cutting to Rantanen and Lekkonen. They started with a lot of their coverage at Ball Arena. And by the time they're getting near the end, before they're even getting on stage, like you could tell, I was like, oh, man, those two are bombed. Compared yeah. to compared to the way the footage was showing them 45 minutes ago, these guys are trashed. And uh, so that was a really fun, funny progression to watch. I have a, I have a friend who was actually in the Civic Center yesterday. She tweeted at me that they like had to carry Lekkonen at one point because <laughs> it was just he was just done. Like he was Yeah. Dude. Great stuff. Uh, no, it was great. And then I, I was telling you guys before, like, <clears throat> excuse me, honestly, AJ, like I, 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 I spent a lot of the last couple of days thinking about you and you and me in the, in the media school and all that stuff where we, you know, we talked about covering the abs the way that we always wanted them covered when we were younger. And a lot of that was driven by like, you know, wanting to see more people, you know, being invested in hockey and, and having an interest in such a great team and such a great sport and all that stuff. And it was just awesome to see um, that many people yesterday out. You know, I, I saw people, you know, Instagram stories and Snapchats and all that stuff. People that I know, you know, hadn't been big abs fans, weren't watching them all season, you know, down at the parade, enjoying celebrating. And, and it was just, it was awesome to see uh, the city of Denver show out the way they did yesterday in, in support of, this team that, you know, we all dedicate literally our lives to, um, you know, to, to be around and watch and cover and talk about and listen to and all that stuff. Um, and, and it was cool to see a bunch of other people embrace that. Yeah. 500,000 of them. In, insane. Genuinely. A lot of people. Turnout. I will tell you, you could, you could tell that this run, was resonating because as soon yeah. as they won the cup, my phone just went. Doo, 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 doo. And it's, and, and I would say like half of them are from, from people that don't watch sports at all. Yep. And that was, it, it was just very cool to see how much people started to get into it. You know, some of these people like, you know, a healthy chunk of them won't like, won't stick around. And they'll just right. be the casuals that hang on for a deep run. That's totally cool. But the ones who the ones who you've permanently ruined their lives by making them hockey fans, <laughs> got them. Got well, well, dude. So I had a great buddy of mine uh, from an old job. But, you know, you know, I have co-work, old coworkers, and and you know, friends and people from high school. Like you said, all texting me and all that stuff. But I, I had this one guy in particular who I, I called just a couple days ago. Cause he had sent me a couple really nice texts. He's um he's not really a hockey fan. He's not originally from Colorado. He, he's actually like, the, like a diehard Milwaukee bucks fan um, and brewers and all that stuff. And so, you know, they won a championship. The bucks won the NBA championship two years ago, a year ago. I, I don't remember very recently. And uh, when I talked to him the other night, he goes, dude, I watched every avalanche playoff game in full DVR him if I could. And he's like, because I was just thinking about you the whole time. And I wanted to be able to watch this. And I wanted to be able to talk to you about it. And I wanted to be able to enjoy it. He's like, and, and you know, he's like, I, I couldn't believe I'm not at all. I'm surprised they even lost that many games, dude. They were just better than everyone else. Like their guys were so, you know, and like, again, he doesn't really know much, but like he watched every game. DVR'd him if he couldn't see him live and, and waited to see the results so that he could watch him. Just to your point, AJ, like, cause I used to talk to him all the time about this stuff. And like, 
it, it was just it was so cool the the night it happened. I, I think I think by the time I got off the ice out of all the media availability stuff and was walking over to the hotel, I called my mom who was with my sisters and my dad and my nieces and all that stuff. And I was like, I was like, I saw all you guys texting. I was like, I'm really sorry. I, I think I had 45 unread text messages. And like some of those were group chats where, you know, it's like people going back yeah. and forth, but I was like, I'm sorry. I just wanted to call you guys and say like, hello, I can't believe it. I love you. Bye. Like I've, I've got to go. And I have a thousand texts to respond to. So that's why I haven't responded back. Yeah. Um, but like yesterday was also kind of just like the culmination of that. And, and um, I loved it, man. Like it was, it was really cool. Megan, you were actually downtown for this event. What was it like down there? It was every corner was packed with fans and my parents actually came up with me. It was really important to them. And my mom had special ordered matching shirts for her and my dad to wear um, nice. that had McKinnon, Rantanen and Landeskog on them. So she was really excited about that. Um, but even like right in the center where civic center was, was completely packed. Um, but even on the parade route was also just packed with fans. And, um, I was telling Jesse earlier that everybody would get a cheer when they came by, but it was really nice to see the crowd reaction to Bednar. People lost their minds when his fire truck came by too, and were chanting his name, but it was a really awesome atmosphere because when they were doing the speeches, I was out of the Civic Center, just kind of on the side. And I wondered how loud it was for the players because they were doing a lot of things to engage the crowd, like getting them to sing all the small things. Um, and everybody was engaged. It was really a fun atmosphere. Uh, okay. I don't, I was, I was made. I don't know. I I have yeah, who, a cartoon that's not mine. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I just learned that. Is that Leah's cartoon? I, so. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, Megan, like that's, that's so awesome. Like, it's just, that's, that's, that's part of the reason why I was so bummed sitting there on the couch yesterday, feeling, feeling so crummy. Cause just what you just said, like, it's just, it's packed. The players seemed they've talked a lot about the fans in the last few days and what the fans actually mean. You know, Bednar, I think, mentioned it in the in his speech that, you know, the fans made such a difference. And um, it's just awesome to, you know, to hear you go be downtown and be a part of that and have your family be a part of that and, you know, see all the street corners packed and all that stuff. And um you guys all know how I feel about Bednar, and I think I think he's an incredible leader, an incredible coach, and I'm I'm happy to see him finally get here because I I I felt like, and it's not just me. We've talked about this <clears throat> countless times on this show that we've always felt like he was the right guy for the job, and that if anyone was going to be able to get this group there, it was going to be him. Well, and now like unequivocally, best best Avalanche coach in yeah. That they've ever had, no doubt about it. Uh, a top five coach in the NHL uh, for me, an unim unimpeachable record. You're talking about a the guy has the fourth highest postseason winning percentage ever. Yeah. Right, right. Um, oh, sorry. Like I just, it's cool to see that he's got the thing that he needed on his record as validation. If uh, he just jumped past all these guys, then oh, this guy's not any good. He can't adjust. He can't do this. He can't do. It's all about what he can't do, right? Oh, can't, 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 can't. Well, he's got a ring now, so GG, GG. What were you gonna say, Megan? Oh, the parade had so many things that catered to me personally. There was Sean Barons <laughs> on the DU hockey float. I thought I thought of you when year. I saw that. Yeah. Cute. Like you get to win a national championship with your college team and then watch your future organization win the Stanley Cup and be a part of the celebration. Like you're in the parade for your NHL team. Like a very cool thing. Yeah. That's exciting. And then of course some of the Eagles representation on some of the fire trucks was very exciting to see. I also love that on that float with Barons and the DU guys, like they had the mammoth and they had the, uh, the you know, East East high school, but they also had the mini abs peewee tournament champions. I just thought that was a really nice 
little touch. Um, seriously, I mean, like when you step back and think about it, like Colorado had a huge year in hockey this year, and it's pretty freaking sweet. And then I, I, I did, I did like that they included the mammoth because they're not big enough to like get a parade of their own. Yeah. So to be able to have them be part of it, like it, like it, it was cool. It, it was cool to see them. I don't know how many organizations in the four major North American leagues would embrace other teams, other leagues, other championships like that at their parade. And I thought it was a cool little um, nod. And then we have to mention Josh Kroenke, right? We got to give a shout out to Josh. (laughs) That was so cool. I think I was with Michaela. She spotted it coming down. We were desperate trying to get photos. It was so cool to see it with the, with a lot of really cool people around him too. I think he was on Bednar's with Sackick yeah, too. Yeah, with Joe and, and Stan. And, and yeah, Josh Kroenke's up there wearing the Carry Me Home DNVR shirt. Pretty sweet. Stan giving off the biggest dork dad vibes. <laughs> where he Pull just bu- didn't know what to do other than give the thumbs up. That was it. <laughs> that was all he could do. It was just the thumbs up. He had no idea how to celebrate. <laughs> Yeah, when when you're worth that much money, you're not used to pandering to people. Like, <laughs> like yeah, bro, my presence shotgun, is enough. Shotgun a beer, all right. Have a little bit of fun. <laughs> and and look, you know, I know, and and we've done it too. And, and a lot of people like to give the Cronkies a hard time um, for the way that they can spend their money. Sometimes, like I said, we've done it fully, um, and I'm sure it'll happen again. But I did think it was notable that both Joe Sackick and Jared Bednar uh, went out of their way to acknowledge that the Cronkies give them have given them the tools, have given them the trust, um, and and allowed them to kind of like follow this process and not put pressure on them to do something that that they felt would have disrupted what they were trying to accomplish. Um, so as much flack as they get for the practice facility and the locker room and, um, you know, kind of being secondary, it does sound like they were comfortable giving the keys to, to Bednar sure. and Sackick. It, look, I think you're des- definitely justified in being angry at the Cronkies for numerous things, but they've always treated the avalanche pretty darn well. Mm-hmm. This, they're always willing to spend to the cap. They've always been willing to, give Joe Sackick or Jared Bednar or whoever, whatever they need given the situation yeah. on the ice. So, well, and I thought it was interesting too, uh, that one of the things Kadri said after on the ice, after they win the cup is that Stan and Josh have both talked to him and said, we, we want you to be here. And so the fact that, you know, even the players get that kind of vote of confidence from, from the owners, um, it just the last few days have been kind of eye-opening for me on that side of it because it always has felt so hands-off from the Cronkies. But there's almost part of that that maybe sounds like that's what makes the relationship work well is that they're like, hey, you let us know how much money you need and we trust that you're spending it and making the right use of it. Um, you know, Jared Bednar talked about the the support staff coaching and all that stuff. And he's like, these guys are world-class. And when you got Joe Sackett putting them together and – the Cronkies foot in the bill, you're going to end up with a pretty good, you know, group of guys. And um, so we, we do have to give some love to them. And Pat Maroon is furious. <laughs> Whole city of St. Louis is very shambles, dude. Yeah. We are brought to you by Avaca TV. You can go get it right now at Avaca.tv. $15 a month for the first three months for your TV. Just 25 bucks a month after that. It has Altitude. It has AT&T Sports Network. It's got national channels. So it's got you completely covered for all of your Colorado sports. Highly recommend you go check it out. Super easy to use. It's just like a normal cable box that plugs directly into your TV. Just needs an internet hookup too. So check it out today at Avaca.tv slash DNVR and get yourself signed up. We're also brought to you, of course, by Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. Uh, You can't get eight different kinds on tap down at the bar right now, but hopefully by August, the remodel is done, and you'll be back in there getting getting your Breck brews. You can get them at your local liquor store while you wait, of course. Uh, So 
be sure to go check out Breck Brew 2. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Yeah, go ahead, Jesse. Just, I know we're about to move on, but we can't wrap up the parade without mentioning the Naz Too Many Men shirt. Yep. Just incredible. Uh, And make sure you are going to at Guffy Chan's Twitter and follow the link that she posted. That's the official shirt. Half the proceeds going to, uh, is it the Nazem Kadri Foundation, I believe is what it's called. Um, There's a lot of people out there that tried to copy it right away because it was an amazing shirt. But make sure you are going the proper channels to get one. I already got mine. It was an incredible shirt. Uh, And it's it's ultimately going to a great cause. So make sure you guys are supporting that if you are going to get one. And it was one more thing for Tampa Bay people to whine about. Yep. <clears throat> the same people be- who couldn't stop jerking off Nikita Kucherov last year right. for the 18 million over the cap shirt somehow thought that that was classless. Yeah, tremendous. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I thought that was uh, I thought that was great. Yes, she's already raised over fifteen thousand for his foundation yeah, through the shirt. 30. It's up to thirty now. I mean, Good. just just crazy, absolutely awesome. And uh, yeah, so like I said I got mine. Money going to a good place. So if you're going to get one, make sure you are going uh, through Adrian's um, official chat. Yeah. She, learned, uh, she learned the hard the hard way about coming up with a good idea yesterday. Yeah. Because we, our shirts get copped on constantly the same way. Uh, pretty much anytime any of them come out, there's immediately a knockoff out there without the DNVR branding on it that you can buy for like 12 bucks or whatever. And it's a shitty shirt. And yeah. And it's garbage. Like fades immediately. Yeah. The, it's, it's fucking garbage, man. The, the Miko one. I remember we even like pulled it up on the show. This was six months ago. It was literally even like the same like pose of him shooting and all that stuff. It's like the ultimate, like, can I copy your homework? Sure. But change it. So they don't know <laughs> like meme, like you guys didn't even like try. You you stole the you stole the the phrase on it. You could have at least changed the graphic a little. Yeah, it was just funny. That would require any amount of talent. But uh, <laughs> anyway, chat. I we see you all losing your minds about who's staying and who's going in the as organization. I promise we will get to that next week. We will get there. Uh, but we wanted to talk about the central division today and how the league is adjusting to the Avalanche being Stanley Cup champions. And we mentioned it earlier. We're going to circle back. Jared Bednar, now the best coach in Avalanche history. A couple of new coaches in the division, too. How uh, how are y'all feeling about the the new look of the, the bench bosses here in the Central? So with the Jets news today, um, I was listening to, with Z, we were listening to, uh, some Jets pod reaction. One person is no longer a Jets fan. Uh, just gave it up entirely. Was like, fuck this. This is the end of it for me. I'm out. Uh, and then the other one just sounded broken. Like entirely. So um, that's, you know, Rick, I, I, I think Rick Bonus trying to play the we're going to hope to win one nothing thing that he did in Dallas is going to be a lot tougher to do with that Jets defense. But yeah. uh, I tell you, Billy Hainala may never get to play again uh, <laughs> at this point, just because they're going to, they're going to ride or die with Logan Stanley <clears throat> and the big guys. Um, just a very archaic, uh, archaic way of thinking. And they're just, the, they're just the worst. Um, just I the honestly, worst. Honestly, I, 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 all of my concern about the Jets and all the talent that they do have is pretty much out the window. Uh, they're going to waste this core. They're going to, they're not, they're not even, I don't even know that they're going to be ultra competitive at this point. Uh, the Rick bonus thing was about, about, in my opinion, one of the worst things they could have done. I was really surprised when I saw that today. I, I, I was genuinely genuinely surprised that that was the move they made well and we'll get into some of the other teams here but 
I think all of us are scratching our heads a little bit where they're like, okay, so the Avs win the cup and your answer is to get slower. Right. Well, and I would say, I would say it makes sense, right? Because you're not going to try and catch up with them. You're already so far behind. There's already so many guys that, that there's only so many guys that can do that. Uh, I would, I would say trying to be the opposite is probably the more uh, realistic team building path than being like, well, hey, now we got to load up on speed and skill and try and beat them at their own game. Like, I'm just not, I'm not sure that that's, uh, I'm just not sure that that's the approach. He, he, the, the interesting part, because I, I, I would agree with you, had we, had we just watched the abs like boat race everybody for the last two months. But I mean, the abs, three of the four teams they beat, the conversation going into those series was, Ooh, these teams are going <clears> to <throat> slow the abs down. They're going to, they're going to make it tough through the middle. They're going to, you know, they're going to slog it up. They're going to play heavy on the wall. And the abs just kind of chewed it up. Yeah. Well, and, so Nashville and, didn't belong on the same ice as them. And I'm willing to throw oh, them 100%. out the window. St. Louis didn't really want to do that though. St. Louis has to get out and, and play high octane hockey. That's who they were all year. Well, they did they a got, terrible got, job of it then. Well, yeah, it's why they're home. <laughs> like, it's why they're home, man. The The St. Louis honestly was who they were all year in that series. They got beat. They got beat in all shot metrics. They got their head kicked in. They relied on their power play to keep them in games. They relied on comeback ability uh, in order to in order to steal a game here and there. And they just hoped that their goaltending was good enough. They had to try and outscore all of their problems because they were brutally bad defensively. And come playoff time, they were even worse because for some reason, Colton Pareko fell apart. Whoa. So I, I, I just think St. Louis was like, if they didn't really want to try and slow it down as much as slow the abs down to their pace, because they also want to get out and, pl- and play a, a higher octane game. But Edmonton obviously wants to go back and forth. And then Tampa Bay did slow it down, but at the expense of their own scoring chances. Because right. so that's, as successful that's as the Lightning were in in grinding the games to a halt, they gave, they couldn't score anymore. It was like it was like oh, Darcy Kemper has to give them a freebie oh. in order for them to get and, through it. And that's like I'm looking around the Central Division, and you already said it with Winnipeg, but I'm looking at the rest of these teams, and I'm like. <clears throat> Do they really have the defense to attempt to play this right. way? And and that and that was my point, you know, regardless of whatever St. Louis did, was that you saw three separate teams, regardless of what you think of them, say, okay, well, this the way that we have to counter this is try to limit their chances. And it just didn't work. So it's it's just, it was just interesting to see this offseason the central division all say, okay, well, we're gonna we're gonna double down on that and try to prioritize it. You're right. You don't have you don't have Nathan McKinnon. You don't have Kale McCarr. It's hard to play at that pace, but it is just interesting to see that division kind of try to go in that direction as, I, as their response to the abs. So I am Dallas did the same thing with Pete DeBoer. They're like, hey, we want we right. slow. Now Dallas is already there. They've already <laughs> been playing that way. That, yeah. I think that they just went and got a better head coach for it. It's so I, I, I they're kind of like in the same spot that they were at the end of the year. But yeah. now you add Winnipeg to the list. We have no idea what Chicago's going to be under Richardson. We have no idea, and they're trying to trade everybody under the sun except the guys they should be trading. <laughs> so we don't I, know what they're going to look like. I, I did want to get Megan's take on this adjustment in the central because the rest of us grew up with dead puck era hockey and know what it's like to watch a two, one hockey game every night. But uh, Megan, where do you stand on it? Well, it's kind of like what Jesse said with this being some kind of response to the avalanche, because right now the avalanche are the team to beat. They've set that standard this season and it just isn't much of a response throughout the central division because none of this is much of a change like the landscape of coaching is a coaching carousel that is just recycling coaches that have done a lot of the same things in different organizations. And so it's not really a new response to the AV system. It's just moving chess pieces and it's not really a tactful way to go about it. Um, 
I think DeBoer specifically in Dallas is just going to make them a more annoying team to play against because generally DeBoer coaches teams that frustrate the avalanche, but it's not something that they still can't overcome. And hopefully he implements something that's a little faster for Dallas than what we saw under bonus because that was disappointing or slow hockey to watch at points, even in the last season. So I don't have a huge opinion on what that's going to do, move the needle for the central division next year, because I don't think it's going to change very much. It's you bring up a great point and, you know, we kind of glossed over this, but the Avs just won a Stanley cup with Jared Bednar, not a guy that had been on the coaching carousel. Exactly. Yeah. So so, Stanley cups. One by first time head coaches. So I was going to say, take, take it a step further. The, the, well, I guess is it now? Because was Pittsburgh the two? Was Pittsburgh back to back before Tampa? Yeah, yeah. Led, led by Mike Sullivan, right? Is that what you just said? The last, yeah. So the last three Cup champions were all led there by first time NHL well, head coaches. We're, we're, I mean, Craig Berube was in there. Oh, I'm sorry. Place. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. I'm sorry. Yeah. But um, other than like, other than that, yeah. you're looking at yeah. like, oh, like a there's a certainly an interesting trend here. Right, and and the most Successful recent cup... AHL coaches getting promoted. <laughs> the 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 most recent Cup final, uh, you know, Colorado Tampa was maybe one of the best finals we we've seen in a long time. Uh, two really well coached teams, two teams that made adjustments, punch counter punch, and it's by two guys who are still in their first head coaching job in the NHL, and yet to Megan's point. All these other teams are like, man, that, that those two teams just are kicking everyone's ass. Go get the seven-year-old guy who's on his fourth team. It's like Rick Bonus. Ugh. And like this isn't nothing against Rick Bonus. Like, I'm sure he's a nice guy, but like at what point know, are man. you like Rick, I, I saw Rick Bonus people... looks like he would yell at you in your front yard while he's getting the morning paper. Bro. Well then, uh who was it? Who was the, the higher and maybe it was maybe it was we were just talking about trots potentially in Winnipeg, and like the conversation was like, oh well, he's really good about getting teams to the playoffs. It's like, what are we doing here? And, and, and like I've just I've heard that kind of conversation with several. Well, he's really good at getting a lot out of young guys. Well, he's really good at getting veterans to buy in. It's like, do NHL organizations really buy coaches based off of these like, you know? small niche little areas where they like excel and not because they're actually going to get them anywhere or move I mean, the needle at all. I think in the, in the, in the case of Barry Trotz, the selling point was he's one of the best coaches, For sure. but when you are looking at a guy and again, I'm just going back to it because it's a dunkathon today, but Rick bonus. <laughs> are you kidding me, dude? Like when they were talking about hiring Jim Montgomery, I was like, "Man, that's a really that's a really good coach." Yeah. I I think that would make the Jets better. I'm gonna I'm gonna like that. Blah 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 blah. And then like he goes to Boston, you're like, "Okay, uh, kind of a weird thing for Boston to go from Cassidy to to Monty, but I really like Monty, so it's fine." Uh, but going going from Paul Maurice to Rick Bonus is like, what? I'm just so I'm just not I'm just not sure that you got any better. I'm not sure what you think that he's bringing to your organization that you needed. Uh, it just felt it, it was like such a Jets thing to do. They they took like ten years to make this decision. They interviewed everyone under the sun, but they might have come to the worst possible conclusion. Fun fact: Rick Bonus. One of the very few coaches in the world that has a worse NHL season than Jared Bednar. 92-93, he went 10-70-4 for the Ottawa Senators. I was going to say, that's got to be Sens or Sharks, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Just throwing it out there. Woof. Woof. All this, nobody wants to live in Winnipeg, is garbage. Not about Winnipeg, but... If you're a dude who has uh, NHL head coach aspirations, there are 32 of those jobs. Mm-hmm. And if you think that you can just sit it out and you're like Barry Trotz can absolutely be like, I'm going to take one year off to do whatever I want. And next year 
I can come back and do whatever I want because I'm Barry Trotz and he has that kind of track record. Some of these other guys can't be like, ooh, I don't think I want to live in Winnipeg. That's nonsense. Those jobs are way too valuable. And especially when you look at the Jets roster and you're like, mm, there's actually a lot of talent there. There's something for me to work with. It's not like taking the freaking Kraken job. Like that's a, there's a real foundation for the Jets to build off of. You have a, you have a great top six forward core. You have a, a Vezina caliber goaltender. Defense obviously is a problem. That's why they didn't make the postseason. But like there's there's things to work with there, and for Shovel Day off to do what he did, I think is uh, <laughs> so. I think everybody in the Central Division feels better today than it did yesterday. Rudo, are you gonna are you gonna add read real fast, or I was gonna I was gonna I want to detour a little bit about uh, Montgomery, but if you were gonna read, we're good. You can go in. Okay. Well, I just wanted to. So Jim Montgomery, like I'm with you. I I thought he was. Other than Barry Trotz, I thought the most intriguing coach out there. And I thought Boston was an odd fit. Not for him. Not for him. Because to your point, why would you turn down that job? But just for where they are at with what they are potentially staring down, um, you know, just as their roster continues to get near the end, you know, their core of their roster continues to get near the end of their career. David Pasternak's future is kind of in question. There's just a lot of things in the air. And I just thought going with, with Montgomery was, it was just kind of an interesting, not what I expected. Really? The whole thing is kind of odd when, so Bergeron decides to come back and they're like, okay, we're going to give this group like one last ride and to do it under a different head coach is like, because if you were ever going to transition and, and like, Hey, let's, Let's get to the next era of Bruins hockey. Okay, you move on from Cassidy. Bergeron retires. You move Pasternak. Like, you start to do all those things that you need to do in order to, okay, let's let's switch it up. Let's move it around. You know, whatever. Um, this all feels very odd. And, and yet, I think Monty is such a good coach. And there's still so much talent in Boston that I'm really not that concerned. Like, I... I, they're going to make the playoffs next year. They're going to be, a, they're not going to be an easy team to, to, to beat. And, you know, they could be pretty good again. So, so are you I, saying uh, they have one more Toronto first round elimination in them before the, you can officially turn the page on it. Look, whoever's going to do it. <laughs> it should be Boston. It should be Boston. <laughs> Or if they get to the second round, it should be Boston that, that then eliminates yeah. Toronto where they're like, Hey, you finally did it. Yeah, we got out of it. You still get Boston. <laughs> yeah, and Boston still beats you, and it's just like, congrats. All right. So these ideas sound like they might have came out of some Lightshade product. Go on over to Lightshade, one of their 11 different locations. They got all your THC and CBD needs. <laughs> could you imagine if you're the decision makers of an NHL team? And you're just sitting there getting really high together one night. And one of them was like, nick, 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 nick. wait, 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 bonus. wait, bro, Rick, <laughs> bonus. <laughs> Go over to like, it'll be hilarious. Yeah. It would be the best, man. You can use code DNVR to get 25% off on select products online at lightshade.com. You can order for pickup. You can go in. All of their uh, bud tenders are extremely good at what they do. They can tell you anything you need to know about any of the products in the store. So be sure to check out Lightshade right now today if you want. It's the off season, so you can get a little bit silly at times. Uh, 11 different locations in the Denver metro and Aurora areas. Go check them out today. Also brought to you by Athletic Greens, which I need some more of right now to keep me alive through this uh through this flu we got going i actually around. had some yesterday because of that <laughs> there you go and that's why jesse feels better than the rest of us uh, <laughs> uh, 
Go check them out today. It's just one scoop in your water every morning. They've got 75 different vitamins and minerals in there, a bunch of probiotics, all sorts of other stuff to keep you healthy, help boost your immune system, and have you good to go for things like workouts. A bunch of different athletes use it in their everyday routines, so be sure to check it out. And when you order at athleticgreens.com today, you can get a year's supply of vitamin D and five travel vacs to go with it. So take control of your health. Go to athleticgreens.com and check them out. Second period. Third period? I, I can't even count anymore. Third, Third period of the DNVR <laughs> Avalanche podcast presented by Drive. Got, got him with the good good. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I guess. Uh, so, obviously, the draft is in a week. Free agency the week after that. There's still a <laughs> lot of big shakeup to come. But feel pretty good about the abs in the central right now, yeah? Uh, yeah, because, I mean, look at yesterday. Kevin Fiala gets traded for Futures. Uh, so Minnesota loses an 85-point player for nothing. Yeah. Like, I like the deal. I think Brock Faber is has the chance to be really good in the NHL. Uh, and obviously the first-round pick will be nice. That doesn't help them next year. Right. You know, they had a 113-point season. They just pulled an 85-point player off their roster for nothing. So that's going to be a step back. Um, Curious curious where they think they're going to make those points up. You know, Marco Rossi, Matt Boldy, et cetera, et cetera. But no Fiala is going to hurt them. So those guys are going to get worse. Uh, St. Louis. Well, I what are they doing in net? St. Louis. Yeah. What are they going to do in net and without a lot of money to spend? Um, St. Louis, I think, continues on. Dallas has a lot of things that they've got to figure out. Nashville's got force the Forsberg decision looming. Where I've said all along, I think that's going to get done. I think he's going to get an eight-year deal, about eight and a half, and you know, they can lose in the first round every year. <laughs> Uh, Winnipeg, I don't know how they, I don't know how they get any better. And, uh, Chicago and Arizona just sort of exist. Oh yeah. A hard rebuild there. Yeah. I, I, I was, <clears throat> I was laughing yesterday on Twitter cause a couple of the big St. Louis writers who were trashing the abs and, Oh, I don't know why everyone praises them for the way they built the team. They sucked for a long time. Now they got all those high draft picks and they listed Byram and all that, which is funny. It's like, that's actually just great asset management but regardless their whole thing was like oh see the 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 blues have never been drafting that high they're just never that and it's like yeah and the blues have one cup to show for it in 55 years and it is one of those things where it does just show that like in this era you have to go through the ebb and flow the bad times are a natural progression of a right. professional sports team you're gonna right. be bad you have to be okay, bad to get so- I actually have a bone to pick with that. I mean, and I'm assuming you're talking about Strickland's tweet where he was like, um, starting with these guys is pretty good. Like they were all first overall picks, right? Like they made one first overall pick and they got it right. And, and even the pick was even controversial at the time. Yeah. Uh, they got that one, right? Landis Cog. I think we can all say they got that one, right? Even though if you go back and you look like there are maybe players, if you were starting your franchise from scratch, there might be players you would take He's over him. In the top five of that draft, though. For for the is he? I think so. It might be more like five, but I think he goes top five. Anyway, uh, point is, is that yeah, I mean, I think it would be a fun redraft. That that draft class ended up like sneaky solid. So, um, anyway, I just think that it's a, a a weird thing to be like, well, they got their draft picks right, especially when you look at the Blues. And you go back how many years here talking about how they haven't had, they didn't, they, they trade their first round pick uh, pretty frequently here uh, because you look at God, man, 2011 that, Oh, Colorado had that pick Eh. 2011, 2013, 2015, uh, 2019. They didn't even have first round picks. And then you look at the guys that they picked. They picked Dominic Bach in 2018 and traded him. Robert Thomas, Tage Thompson, traded him. Robbie Fabry, traded him. And so it's like, uh, yeah, so they're not drafting that high. 
they're also not doing very well with those first round picks. <laughs> now, they're also not drafting. Like Tage Thompson, they turn into Ryan O'Reilly. Uh, Robert Thomas looks like a good pick. Bach, they turned into Justin Falk. So, like, those are good moves that they've made. Those are quality decisions that they've made. But, yeah, it, it's a weird thing to lament. Oh, well, it sure helps when you have this and that. And it's like. Their one proper high okay. pick that won the cup with them, they got right in Alex Petrangelo. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Who promptly left. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not like they had no high-end talent. Like, come on now. But you're talking, if you go all the way back to 2010, all the way back to 2010, they've made two first-round picks in Robert Thomas and Jaden Schwartz. That both, uh, well, in 2010, I guess they also had Tarasenko. So three first round picks that all that played for them and were good, like actually good. So <laughs> it's just a weird criticism. <laughs> like, yeah. like St. Louis hasn't has not drafted well in the first round. They've done awesome outside the first round. Getting guys like Jordan Bennington and Joel Edmondson and Colton Pareko and Vince Dunn. You know, they've done a good job outside the first round. Great. But that's not where you're typically finding star players. Right. And where did where did Colorado find all their star players? They got their first round picks right, dude. Right. It's not complicated here. Well, and AJ, we like we talked about that before how you know the abs get a lot of flack even from their own fan base about not having a lot of success past the first round and, and it's like okay sure but you have to go back i mean it connor connor bleakley but i mean like the abs have generally done very well in the first round and in this era the sackic bednar era they have filled in around the edges with great deals waiver wire pickups uh, you know, uh, you know, guys like Val Nachushkin identifying, um, you know, players that they can get in on the cheap who can make an impact. Like they have found other ways to go about it, other than needing to hit in the second, third, because those are all just lottery picks. And when you, you know, when you go through, it's hard for teams to hit on those. It's not just the abs. Um, and and you, I've lost track of the amount of times you said at this run, AJ. The playoffs are won by your stars. Like you have to have all those other pieces, but your stars have to be your stars. You know, Kale McCarr wins a con Smythe and Nathan McKinnon saves one of his best games, you know, for, for game six of the cup final. I don't know if it was his best game of the playoffs, but that was his well, best game of the final. You know what I mean? And, and yeah. um, you're, you're, you're the cup cup is won with the stars and, when you're hitting on all of your first round picks, you're going to end up with some pretty good players. Yeah. Well, and, and like you look at Colorado's top postseason scores, it's it's McCarr, it's Miko Rantanen, it's McKinnon, it's Landeskog. Yep. 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 And you're like, okay, well, you drafted and developed all of those guys. Tampa. How many times did we talk about that leading up to the series? How and it was, you know, it's weird things. I didn't see Andy Strickland criticizing Tampa Bay for drafting and developing Stamkos and Hedman. Right, right. Oh, they were in the <laughs> top ten. <laughs> Funny how that works. It's weird that Tampa, Tampa blew top ten picks along <laughs> the way. Like guys like Brett Connolly, they drafted, they drafted Brett Connolly in top ten. They drafted Jonathan Duran third overall ahead of Seth Jones. Imagine having Seth Jones next to Victor Hedman for a decade instead of Mikhail Sergachev. I don't know, man. It is interesting because the Avs are entering that era of they're starting to move some of those guys. Justin Barron, obviously, the, the big one this year. But, you know, when you move those guys and you win a Stanley Cup, no one remembers the guys you moved. <laughs> well, you certainly don't miss them the same way. If they don't win the Stanley Cup and Justin Barron goes on to be an all-star, you're like, God damn it, what could have been? And instead, you're just like, I hope he makes 17 all-star games. Go for it, dude. Don't care. Got the cup. Like, you're happy. 
You got what you wanted. Anyway. Yeah. No, I'm with you. Okay. Like, we do have like some... Nate said, you'd trade 10. Oh, yeah. Trade 10 first overalls now, or first rounders. We got a couple super chats to first. get to really quick here. $20 from James saying EJ's singing lessons fund. Cheers yep. to the DNVR team. More than anything, just know the words. <laughs> just know the words, guy. Yeah, you got you the chorus. You shortcut the song there, champ. <laughs> Uh, $2 from Miss Truly saying, hope you're feeling better, boys. Hi, Megan. Hi, Miss Truly. <laughs> $25 from El Jefe saying, love to all y'all and all that you do. Downtown was absolutely lit yesterday. Nas and Too Many Men t-shirt was the cherry on top. Thank you very much. $25. Yeah, very shirt was great. Yeah, shirt was great. It was. And $5 from Houston saying, thanks for another great season. Also, we've been trying to reach you regarding your extended warranty. (laughs) (laughs) Get out of here. That was good. So going into this offseason, there's a lot of work to be done for the abs, and we will get into all of that next week and all of this. But Right now, as it stands, you still feel pretty good, certainly about the abs in the central, but honestly, wherever the abs end up in the league, you feel pretty good about the team that they've built. So all confidence going into the offseason, or do you think there's something specific the abs need to address? Uh, I think that they've got to worry about more than anything, the defensive depth. I think that's my number one concern heading into the offseason because I think they'll find a solution at goaltender. They'll either find a deal with Kemper, which is where I think that ends. Yeah. Um, or, you know, they'll they'll do something at goalie. Like, they'll they'll do whatever they've got to do. They're not just going to be like, all right, Frankie and Eustace, go get them. You know, like, it's not going to happen. So um, I think the defensive depth is, you know, what does Eric Johnson decide to do? We don't – what's his future hold? Uh, what does Josh Manson do? What do they do beyond that? Um, so I think that that's the biggest question for me um, because I think all the other questions, like uh, they sign Kadri, if they sign him, great, um, you're fine there. If they don't, again, there's so many different options out there um, that I just think, I'm, I guess I'm just not that concerned about it. Um and then especially seeing the way that Miko kind of filled in the 2C role this year where you're like, push comes to shove. Like, right. That guy did the job where you could always go back to that. So uh, it's just not, just not something I'm overly concerned about, but I am worried about, I, I get worried, right? Like you have a, you have a bona fide top four of Taves, Makar, Byram, and Gerard that you're like, mm. <laughs> Feel, you feel fine. Also, Loki, what? Sam Gerard doing a, like a cartwheel? Cartwheel. Yeah. Coming out on the stage. Yeah. Um, you're like, is this, so I guess the sternum injury isn't that bad, huh? Even lifting the cup worried me. I guess. That thing's as big as he is. Nicely. Well, he, he was, he was holding his girlfriend on the ice after the game. And I was like, bro, like, I got you. Like, are you all right? Like, I was, I was worried. Uh, That's- making a joke to someone like he's going to be in the best shape of his life this off season. Cause he has to lug the cup around everywhere. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, Megan, did you, do you want to go on? Are you worried? Where do you think for the abs? It's going to really depend on who stays and who goes that creates like, okay, this is depending on who stayed here. This is the area that yeah. could create some kind of risk. Um, and I do see, well, we'll talk about it next week too, but they're, the biggest question marks they have um, are in the decor in that bottom pairing um, and what that's going to look like because I do, just my instinct feels like they'll get things done with Kemper. Um, and mm-hmm. so I'm not really worried about goaltending. Um, the forward depth is like, like AJ said, there's lots of options that I think will make sense. Like I'm really um, optimistic about Lekkonen's future with Colorado. And so... There's just different things um, that I'm less worried about with the forward depth. It's going to probably be the decor that has some question marks surrounding it, depending on who stays. Man, yeah. How nice is it that we get to cover a team where, like, yeah, they're third pairings. It might be an issue, <laughs> uh, you know. 
Well, we'll see if, yeah, if they're, if they're sixth and seventh guys, we'll see how good they are. No, but like that, to me, that is the part where just kind of echoing what you both have just said, like you feel pretty comfortable. And I think part of the reason why is the team they've been modeling themselves after or trying to model themselves after Tampa, the team they now just beat. This has kind of been their thing. Keep your core intact and then fill in where you need and you'll and find guys with value. Generally, don't make too much of the cap. Like, don't fret about it too much. You can year to year, you can find answers. Yep. Like, right, they just gave Nick Paul a seven-year deal and they're going to trade Ryan McDonough so that they can right. fit a couple of these guys in. Like, you can always find answers. Keep your core intact. And you can fill in around the the, the, the edges. And I think that's they're what they're going to kind of embrace over the next several seasons. We've got Nate. We've got Landy. We've got Miko, Kale, Byram, Gerard. You know, I know Taves isn't locked up as long-term, but, like, you've got those guys. And what you're doing around it, you can figure it out. They're, they're, you'll, you'll have players that are available. I, I do think, genuinely, I do think you will – find a few guys who will kind of embrace what Tampa has gotten their guys to embrace a little bit, take a little bit of a haircut, not a, not big, but all right, I'll take a small haircut to stay here to make the money work because I see a fit. And because I want to win again, you're not going to get, you're not going to get Nazem Kadri to take five and a half. You know what I mean? But like, and I don't even know if you'd get Nazem Kadri to take any kind of cut, but like you will find guys over the next few years, who are willing to take a little bit less, maybe for an extra year, because they want to stay, because they want to win, and they like the fit of the team. So I think I think the extent to which that happens has to start at the top, mm-hmm. and I think we'll see we'll see what McKinnon wants to do. Because if McKinnon's like, give me thirteen million dollars, homie's not taking any haircut. Like you're right. not. That's now the number one contract in the NHL. You're not talking about that guy, right? Right. Sacrificing, right? Like that's a guy getting his, which he's earned. Yeah. I would have no issues with that. But our dude, I tell you, if he if he rolls up and he's like, I'll do ten and a half or eleven, I think he's done you a solid. Yeah. And I think dude, that if he does ten and a half, cool. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying, man. So there's there's room there, right? Like uh so I think I think you will see we'll see what McKinnon does to kind of set that tone because I don't think that the, the, I don't think that it establishes that culture of it. Uh, if until, he doesn't do it until, until the stars start, you know, like McCarr's Can they deal. Pay him uh, in I was just going to say pasta. Well, in like McCarr's deal, McCarr's deal, dude, like it, it was really expensive. And, and then other a week later, it was yeah. Immediately after <laughs> that, create that where you're like, are you serious with this Macar money? Like this is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> so I do, I do wonder. Like, I, I do think that you're right that these guys could all take maybe 500k less. And I think right. you're also, I think you are going to see Val Nichushkin turn down potentially going out and getting six and a half million from somebody and taking five and a half. Uh, to be to be in Colorado because he knows that it's a great fit here with the coaching staff that trusts him given his past given how he got burned in Dallas and how badly that went he understands maybe better than some other guys that if you're in a good place you want to be in a good place yeah. like yeah. yeah you're you really want to value the fit here especially if they're willing to give you that cash. How, how much would Dallas have to pay Nachushkin to get him to come back? <laughs> like eight or something insane? <laughs> the irony, man. The irony is that that guy would have been perfect for the way they've played hockey the last few yep. years. Yep. Like a, a, a speedy, nasty four-checker with size. Like he would have been the perfect Dallas star the last under the last two head coaches. I don't know. <laughs> Sports, man. <laughs> All right. Any final thoughts around the table? Are we good? We're good. Guys, Arturi Lekkinen's an RFA. He's yep. he'll be here for he at literally least one more can't year. leave. <laughs> yeah, he'll be here for at least one more year. Um. All right. Silly season is coming up. You know, we'll have your coverage for draft. I'll be going to Arizona for that. By the way, 
we're, we're blowing it out for PHNX's draft show. Uh, be sure to tune into that. More importantly, tomorrow. Yep. Are you live, Jesse? Or will yep. you just yeah, we're doing okay. it live. I, I talked to y'all here and all that stuff this morning, so we'll be live. So Are you guys Jesse be in the studio. Nope. Nope. Live. Studio I, I was told was already oh, dismantled. Yeah. What today is about, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so tune in tomorrow. Jesse's doing a show with a bunch of uh, Avs Media guys. Should be a fun one. Oh. Uh, just as a quick aside, a shitload of people have sent me DMs. I will be getting to them this weekend. Mm-hmm. I've ignored them all week because they're still coming in. Yeah, uh, I have like sixty something of them from people that I don't follow and stuff. So I'm, I promise, uh, Riley, I'll get to all the DMs when uh, this weekend, and I'll get back to people. And but I've been putting that off specifically. Shout out the people hitting me up on Reddit Messenger. Didn't know that was even a thing. Yeah. That was, <laughs> that was you just great taught me something. <laughs> yeah, so we we do appreciate all the love y'all have been sending us. So thank you very, very much for that. Um, but we're going to get out of here for the day. We appreciate all of y'all. You know the drill. You can go listen to, to Jesse tomorrow, and we will talk to you on the next one.